here's the thing. What if they win? I don't just mean tonight in Seattle. What if they keep winning? What if they get to the Stanley Cup playoffs? What if they don't trade Jake Gensel? Mm-hmm. Thought about that yet? Morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins and Kraken line up at 10.08 p.m. Eastern Time tonight at Climate Pledge Arena. The Penguins will be going for their fourth win in a row. The Penguins will be going apparently very, very, very hard in pursuit of another two points on this four-game trip that just might decide not only their season, but also their foreseeable future. I mean, when the general manager publicly states that he's going to be making some kind of decision specifically related to your leading goal scorer, your perennial leading goal scorer, based on how you play in advance of the NHL trade deadline, then attention is going to turn, well, where it often does in hockey, maybe more than any other sport, which is trade. Woo. Here's my fake trade. Here's your fake trade. Let's line them up. Who says no? And everyone gets to be a Stratomatic or Cyber GM for a day. But what I've noticed within all of this, I'm going to stop short of calling it hysteria, but there's some really wacky stuff that floats around and is floating around regarding this team specifically related to Gensel and the possibilities there. I'm going to give you one more time my boring stance that because I've been told that the Penguins would much rather sign Jake than trade him, that they're probably just going to sign him. I'm not here to make a guarantee about that. I'm not Kyle Dubas. Only he can do that. But I just don't see it. What I do see and I mean this literally, what I see in this moment, in this scenario, with my own eyes, is that this team is pushing to make the playoffs. Is that going to make them a Stanley Cup contender? No, of course it isn't. Do they still need to infuse youth? Yes, of course they do. But tell me this, where does this concept come from that you have to have this complete slaughter-level rebuild before you can resume some sort of championship outlook to your process. Where does that come from? There's a part of me, because I cover all three teams in town, that feels this is a Pirates thing. That anytime you mention rebuilding, you think of the Pirates who are rebuilding for all eternity. And you think that anytime somebody announces or even suggests a rebuild, that it'll begin with, for the Pirates, the inevitable total teardown. Everybody's got to go. Everyone. Fire sale. We're even moving our assistant equipment manager. Just give us a couple of, uh, I don't know, bag of balls or something. And it's almost as if it gets ignored that this doesn't really happen in the NHL. And in fact, it's hard to make it happen in the NHL if you want to. 
You want to hear exhibit A in this regard? And this isn't a positive. That would be your Arizona Coyotes, who pretty much do everything wrong on and off the ice. They're the role model, really, for how not to do things. But have you noticed that the Coyotes, even when they try to cut costs and get the payroll down and bring in a bunch of kids, they can only go so far. Do you know why that is? Do you know why that is? Because in the National Hockey League, there is a salary cap system. And every salary cap system comes, you never have to say it, with a salary floor. And as much as I'm sure Arizona management would dearly love right now while they're playing in a high school rink in Tempe, to tear everything down, to have nothing left but minimum wage players, total pirate style. They can't. When you ask people who are longtime Penguins fans about life after Sidney Crosby, or even right now, life after trading Jake Gensel and trading, I don't know, a handful of other guys, if that were to occur, everyone will bring up 2003. Meaning what a lot of people refer to now as the Rico Fata years or the Dick Tarnstrom years, as if these guys deserve to be impugned. Uh, Fata was a heart and soul guy, and Tarnstrom was a really good hockey player, in addition to being my dude at the time. But that team also had Ryan Malone. That team drafted a baby-faced Marc-Andre Fleury, had a young Brooks Orpic, but they get connected to the scenario where it's just the worst thing that could ever happen. Why? Well, they had that 18-game losing streak, and everything seemed so hopeless because Yarmir Yager was traded, Alexei Kovalev was traded, Robert Lang was traded, Martin Straka was traded. Everybody had to go. None of that, none of that has any bearing on anything today. That was right before the NHL got its cap. The Penguins were in actual financial crisis. You know how you hear about cap crunch or they're really going to be up against it with the cap? That's fake money. This was real money that they were running out of. This does not apply to the year 2024. It just doesn't. So what would it look like? No Sid, no Jake. Let's just throw in who else? I don't know. Riley Smith, if you'll miss him. You know what it looks like? Well, I could be that guy and point out that it could have looked like that this year. If Dubas's focus had been more on acquiring younger players and fresher legs before this season, as opposed to bringing in a bunch of additional 30-somethings and then complaining later that he needed to get younger. I'll say this until I'm purple in the face, but the Penguins' third and fourth lines should consist of Lars Eller and a bunch of minor league fly-through-the-wall type of players who would cost you nothing, but they'd bring you all kinds of energy. They'd bang the other team around. They'd create time, space, and comfort level for your stars. And they'd be awesome for your cap crunch. When we come back, J1Q... Today's J1Q comes from Jason, and it's 
part of the response that I got from yesterday's lead segment of asking basically if you're behind this team right now with what they want, never mind what you want and never mind what even the front office might want, what they want with that group of players will be suiting up tonight in Seattle. What they want is to win and to get in. The rest of it is just noise to them. So Jason says, I love the effort and I will never root for this team to lose. But I still think that management needs to shop around Jake Gensel, Tristan Jari, and whoever else with an eye toward the future. Winning another Stanley Cup before Sidney Crosby retires should be a higher priority than simply making the playoffs this year. Now, see, that's reasonable. That's nuanced. And I can respect that. What I don't like is this idea of, oh, no, we're going to have to burn the whole thing down. You don't. You don't. If you put Jake out there and someone offers something that from their perspective should be deemed idiotic, you take it. It's not perfect because you're giving up the best winger Sid's ever had. But one would have to presume that whatever comes back that would be idiotic would involve a lot of pieces. And in particular... Pieces that would have to be at least close to the NHL as opposed to, say, a bunch of draft picks, which aren't going to do the Sid thing any good at all. Just takes way too long for hockey players to get here. Now, let's say that somebody's offering picks, you know, that are really, really high up in the draft. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But if they do, again, idiotic, you listen to it. If a team is desperate, for goaltending. And there are a handful that are out there, teams that consider themselves to be contenders, who, if they aren't desperate for goaltending, probably need to be convinced that they should be desperate for goaltending. Hint, hint, Toronto. Well, that could make you do something idiotic. That could motivate you because if you're the Maple Leafs and you look at your roster and you do what everyone in that city does, which is grossly inflate what you have... And you say to yourself, well, this is it. Austin Matthews' contract is going to expire and he's the greatest player civilization's ever seen. So we have to win while he's here. And there's also Mitch Marner and William Nylander and the defenseman who should have been suspended for 20 games for the most cowardly thing you've ever seen on the rink in an NHL game. But I digress. They think a lot of that group. But they can't possibly think a lot of the goaltending they've got. So get them to do something idiotic. It wouldn't be the first time. Better yet, get on the phone with someone in Edmonton. They do it as a matter of course. And if that happens, if that's the case, and you make a trade like that, you're going to be getting something back that works not only for 2024, but for the next season or two as well. I just don't see this fatalism that's attached to this. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.